0: Welcome to Canvas Church. You are listening to our weekly celebration service message. Thank you for tuning in. We're going to continue today and actually come to a conclusion of our detox series. We've been going for, gosh, I don't know, like eight, nine weeks. And I've been getting so many incredible reports. And uh, I've really been enjoying it. It's one thing for the pastor to enjoy it because um, I just, I don't know, I like to preach, I have a good time, I love studying the word, um, it's a good thing, but man, I love hearing what God's doing in in the body, I love hearing what God's doing in, in your life, and I've been getting emails, or just one-on-one conversations, and so it's kind of a bittersweet thing, bringing it to an end, um, but I believe that uh, as we conclude today, God's gonna speak to you uh, through this series one last time, so turn with me to uh, what I believe at Canvas, anyway, is a familiar passage, because it's just one that I love, and there's so much in it, we're gonna go to an Old Testament passage, Exodus chapter 3, it's real easy to find if you're new to church, if you have a Bible, well, you, if you have a digital Bible, it's super easy to find, you just point and click, right? Exodus chapter 3, uh, but if you have an old-fashioned one, you know, where you actually have pages that you gotta turn, you just start in Genesis, it's the second book of the Bible, Exodus chapter 3, and uh, we're gonna read a story about a guy that I've referenced throughout this entire series named Moses, and we're gonna discover some things from his life today that I'm excited to talk to you about. Uh, In this detox series, uh, our whole goal is this, is that we believe here at Canvas Church that God has a great plan for us. Amen. Amen, right, three of you. We believe that God has a great plan for us. I believe that God has a great plan and a great purpose for your life. And as we're pursuing that and growing in that, there are these roadblocks or things that come along the way that that get get in between us and pursuing that or get in between us and and achieving all that God has for us to achieve. And what we want to do is we want to detox from those things. We want to see those things removed out of our life so that we can continue to grow in faith and grow in the grace of Jesus Christ. And so we've been tackling different thoughts and different things we see in scripture. We've talked about detoxing from toxic fear. Uh, We've talked about detoxing from toxic relationships. Hello. We've talked about detoxing from toxic words and all these things. Well today I want to talk to you about one that I believe is maybe one of the most difficult things to detox from and it's real difficult because today I want to talk to you about detoxing from yourself. All right detoxing from yourself and it's one thing to to, to take on an idea of fear because it seems so external although it becomes internal it's one thing to take on words because it's 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 external although it begins to affect us internally it's another thing now to begin to talk about detoxing from yourself and that's what I want to talk to you about today and we're going to read a couple of verses here in Exodus chapter 3 going to start in verse 1. And it says this, Meanwhile, Moses was shepherding the flock of his father-in-law, Jethro, the priest of Midian. What's taking place? Uh, uh, For those of us that have read this passage before, we understand that Moses is going to become the guy that leads the children of Israel out of Egypt. All right? In the Old Testament, Egypt represents bondage. It represents slavery. It represents the world. Okay? Okay? And Moses is going to be this guy that comes along and and begins to lead these people out. And if you've read the story, they go through the Red Sea, the Red Sea parts, and they go through it, and then the Red Sea closes and and kills all the Egyptians. Really cool story. Um, But what you you might not know is that before Moses does all of that, Moses uh, was a Hebrew boy raised up under uh, Egyptian rule a matter of fact, it was Pharaoh's daughter that found Moses floating in a basket and grabbed him and pulled him out and uh, began to raise him. And so Moses, although he's a Hebrew, he's an Israelite, he was raised under Egyptian rule. Well, as he gets older, some things happen. He ends up killing an Egyptian, and now he gets exiled, and he's running for his life. As he's running for his life, he ends up out in the desert, and he meets Jethro and kind of has a liking to one of his daughters. Come on, somebody. And he gets married and then begins to have children and gets a job, and so that's why he's in this place. Are you with me? So he's, he's tending the sheep, and it says, he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Oreb, the mountain of God. Then the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire within a bush. As Moses looked, he saw that the bush was on fire but was not consumed. So Moses thought, I must go over and look at this remarkable sight. Why isn't the bush burning up? When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called out to him from the bush, Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am. Do not come closer, he said. Remove the sandals from your feet, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Then he continued, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. Then the Lord said, I have observed the misery of my people in Egypt and have heard them crying out because of their oppressors. And I know about their sufferings. I have come down to rescue them from the power of the Egyptians and to bring them from the land to a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the territory of the Canaanites, Hizzites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. The Israelites' cry for help has come to me, and I have also seen the way of the Egyptians are pressing them. Therefore go, I am sending you to Pharaoh so that you may lead my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But, everybody say, "But. But. But, but Moses asked God, "Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh?" and that I should bring the Israelites out of Egypt. I want you to highlight that in your mind. But, but who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and that I should bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And they begin to have a dialogue. I want you to go to chapter four, and we're gonna read verses one to about five. So they're having this dialogue, and in chapter four, verse one, it says, then Moses answered, what if they don't believe me when I go to them? What if they don't believe me and, and will not obey me but say the Lord did not appear to you. And the Lord asked him, what is in your hand? And he said, it's a staff. And then he said, throw it to the ground. So he threw it on the ground and it became a snake and Moses ran from it. Who wouldn't? Come on somebody. But the Lord told him, stretch out your hand and grab it by the tail. And so he stretched out his hand and, and caught it and it became a staff in his hand. He said, this This will take place, he continued, so they will believe that Yahweh, the God of their father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, has appeared to you. Pretty powerful moment right there. Now just go with me down uh, to verse, uh, let's see here, verse 21. So they're dialoguing again, and then this, this is one of the last things that is said here to Moses, verse 21, then the Lord instructed Moses, when you go back to Egypt, make sure You do all the wonders before Pharaoh that I have put within your power. The Lord instructed Moses, when you go back to Egypt, make sure you obey all the things that I'm telling you to do. Chapter 3, verse 11, but Moses asked God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and that I should bring the Israelites out of Egypt? Do you ever ask that question before? God, who am I that I should do that? God, who am I that I should go to church, okay? God, who am I that, that I should, you ever been there before? But God, who am I that I should do this? Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word today. God, we thank you that your word is awesome. And I pray that in the next few moments that we have together, that Lord, you would just speak to us clearly, uh, that Lord, we would learn from this passage today. We would learn from Moses' life and, and that we would grow as we walk out of this place. In Jesus' mighty name, Amen. Amen. I, I don't know about you, but I found myself at times asking that exact same question that Moses asked in Exodus chapter three, verse 11. But God, who am I, right? Like, who am I? I don't, I don't know if I can do what you're asking me to do. I don't know if I can be that husband. I don't know if I can be that dad. I don't know if I can be that employee. I don't know if I can be that employer. I don't know if I can do that. God, who, who am I? I've asked myself that question quite frequently. And uh, and, and a couple of times I remember real distinctly, one, when I was first starting out in ministry, and um, I was asked to be a youth pastor. Now, I've observed other youth pastors. I went to youth ministry. I've, I've been going to church for a while, and so I can learn from people, and I can glean, and I can do some things, but when the call came to me, hey, Ben, I want you to be a youth pastor, I found myself time and time again saying, but who am I? And I'll be honest with you, there were times when, uh, man, God was just blessing our ministry, and our ministry exploded, uh, both here in San Diego, and, uh, as we were youth pastoring, and then in Vegas, when we youth pastored there, so much so that we st- I started getting invites to come and speak at different conferences and things, and when you go to these conferences and speak, one of the things they would do is like, hey, we want you to do a leadership session. Let me tell you something, it's one thing to talk to the young people. Come on, somebody. You know, because you can pretty much say anything and get them to laugh. It's another thing when they say, hey, we want you to talk to the leaders and we want you to teach them how you're doing what you're doing. And I would literally freak out. You can ask my wife. It's like, babe, my honest, my honest opinion is I don't know. It's true. It wasn't a humble opinion, okay? It was literally like, I don't know. All I know is I'm praying and I'm seeking God and I'm, I'm preaching Jesus and kids are getting saved. I don't know how to tell them what I'm, you know, because they want to hear like three points. Are you with me? They're no different than all of you. You want me to tell you three points this morning, how you can walk out of here feeling better about yourself. Right? I'm just going to be honest, Right? And so I don't know, I find myself in these seasons, like I don't really know, and then then God calls me to be a lead pastor. Now, it's one thing when you're a youth pastor, and you can pretty much say whatever you want to the young people and get away with it, right? But then all of a sudden, he calls you to be a lead pastor, and you have every eye on you, critiquing your message, making sure it's harmonetically correct, theologically correct, you know, all the eschatology, and see, these are words I don't even know what they mean, you know? And, and it's one thing, and then you get up there, and you find yourself, and I, I found myself so many times saying, God, who am I that I should be doing, that I should be doing this? I think one of the greatest times, though, I found myself doing this is the day I became a parent. Yeah, you know, some people know my pain, right? The day I became a parent, I mean, it's one thing when you get married because you've dated for a while, Hopefully. And, you, you know, you kind of got to know each other, right? And you, you've been courting, Christian term, you've been courting, you've been dating, you know some of their quirks, you know some of the things, and so you know when you say I do at the altar what you're saying I do to, right? Because you've had this preparation season. Listen to me. Uh, there is no preparation for becoming a parent. Oh, well, Ben, you can, you can read the book, What to Expect When You're Expecting, and then What to Expect After You Have the Baby, right? And it's like, those books lie, you know? <laughs> All right, someone made some money off that, but, right? It's, but it's totally different when you have a child. I mean, I remember that moment when, when we went in and our firstborn, Cara, you know, and it was, it was you know, the pregnancy is one thing. The baby's still tucked in there, the cave. Are you with me? It's all good. Like, she can feel the baby. I'm like, okay, baby's still there. We're good. But the minute that baby is in the, in the in the on the earth, it's like, whoa, what do I do, right? Listen. See, a lot of people try to prepare by having an animal. Are you with me? See, you're laughing because you're one of them, right? It's like you start talking with your spouse about having kids. Like, well, maybe we should start with a plant, you know? Can you Come over to my house. All of my plants inside the house are artificial. There's a reason. I kill them, all right? So you start with the plant. Some people are like, well, let's start with, let's get a cat. Let's get a dog. And if we do well there, listen to me, that is a joke. Are you with me? Okay? You can just let your dog outside and it does its stuff, right? try doing that with your child. Go ahead, crawl outside, Johnny. All right. Doesn't work, right? When this baby came home, I was like, who am, who am I? I was like, I don't know what to do. And I'm calling mom. And you know, she did good. You know, I turned out all right. But every child's different. You with me? And here's what I've come to understand is that every assignment from God is different. Every assignment from God is different. And and here's Moses now, and, and he has no really no frame of reference for a burning bush. He has no frame of reference for what God is, is talking to him about. It's coming to him for the very first time. He didn't read the book, What to Expect When a Bush Starts Speaking to You. It is coming at him for the very first time. It is all new to him, and he's hearing it, and now Moses standing there hears the words of the Lord, knowing why he's in the wilderness in the first place, knowing why he's there because he murdered somebody, he's in exile, he doesn't want to go back to Egypt. A matter of fact, if you read the scripture, you understand that now he's created a life for himself. He's been gone for quite some time. He is happily married, he has children, he has a job, why in the world won't we want to go back to Egypt, and the assignment comes, and yet he's standing there, and he says, who am I? I believe with all my heart that we find ourselves in that position often as Christ followers. Or maybe you're here, and you're not even a Christ follower yet. You found yourself in this position, and, and, and you know, things are happening in your life, and you'd be standing in front of the mirror saying, who, who am I to do this? Who am I to do this? And this is what we understand from the story of Moses is that the greatest thing standing between what God has for him and where he's at is himself. Moses must learn to detox from himself. And I believe that the greatest thing standing between where you're at right now and the thing that God has for you, the place that God wants to take you, the thing that he wants to do in your life. Look, we've talked a lot about a lot of external things, fear and doubt and words and relationships. But at the end of it all, I believe one of the greatest things standing between you and your next step in the journey is you. It's you. So we need to learn how to detox from ourselves. How in the world do we do that? How in the world do we detox from ourselves? Because I believe that God's speaking to you. Hey, this is the church from you. Who am I to go to church? Hey, I want you to get involved more and more and more in ministry. I want you to go find a place to serve. Ah, who am I that I should serve? Right? I want you to take this step and you find yourself saying, who am I? And the greatest thing I believe standing between you and that advancement is you. So what do we need to do? Well, what do we need to do as Christians, as Christ followers? What, what do we need to do? I think there's some things here from the life of Moses. Now, listen to me. I don't, I don't know that God's asking you to lead a nation out of slavery, all right? Okay? But listen, Moses is just like you and I, okay? And so although he might not be asking you to, you know, come and lead a nation out of slavery, what is he asking you to do and, and what is hindering you from walking forward and doing that thing? Can I just share some things with you real quick? The first thing I see is this. The first thing I see is that when Moses finally comes over and he's interested in the bush because who wouldn't be? It's on fire and then the bush starts to talk. But I want you to notice this. The very first thing, before Moses gets an assignment, before God says, hey, Moses, I want you to go tell Pharaoh, let my people go, right? Before he ever gets to that part of the story, look at what the bush says. Look at what God says. He says, Moses, take off your sandals, for where you're standing is holy ground. Take off. Take off your sandals. Take, take those things off, because where you're standing is, is holy ground. Before he gets to the assignment, ladies and gentlemen, he's into relationship. Before he ever gets to, I want you to do it. I got this great plan for you. Here's the thing that concerns the heart of God the most is that you are in relationship with him. I think one of the greatest things we can do to begin to detox is understand something. It's all about him and not about us. It's all about him and not about us. You have to understand that. Moses, thanks for listening. Before we go any further, I want you to do something. I want you to take off the sandals for where you are standing right now is holy ground. Think about this for a minute. The ground he's on is holy. Here's Moses, the vessel that God wants to use, but Moses isn't touching the holy ground his sandals are. So God says, hey, I don't want there to be anything between me and you. I want you to take that off. And I want you to stand in the middle of my will. I want you to stand in the middle of my presence. I want you to stand in the very thing that I have for you. Has anybody ever been there before where you feel like, man, I sense the presence of God. I know something's happening, but I don't feel like I'm in the presence of God. Maybe, like Moses, maybe there's something separating you from the holy moment. Maybe there's something separating you from the holy moment. Moses, I want you to take that off I want you to shove that aside and I want you and your humanity to stand in my holiness it's not about you Moses I got a plan I got a purpose but I need to know that you're standing in me are you with me this morning and so he had to take what was separating away he had to push it away now listen the sandals represent so much listen he was a sheep herder okay when you are following sheep around all day you get a lot of sheep stuck to the bottom of your sandals Right? There's a lot of stuff. Those sandals were the sandals he wore everywhere. Those sandals took him places. He saw things. He experienced things. He went to work in those sandals. And you need to understand something, ladies and gentlemen. We are the sum total of our experiences, of our relationships, of of our interactions, of things that have happened to us. And those things begin to make up who we are in our personalities. But yet sometimes as we go through life, all of that stuff is all about us. And it begins to separate us from what God wants to accomplish through us. Moses, I want you to take those sandals off because there's a lot of stuff between me and you. It wasn't just the sandals, it was the stuff stuck to the sandals. And I, I need to know that you're in this moment. Isn't it amazing how we as Christians can begin to you know, get on this journey and, and we're going about life and, and we're, we're doing stuff and what started out as just a, a great relationship now has us, between us and God, right? And so we can, like, I, I sense that church is good, but what is it? We need to learn to detox from our, ourselves. Moses, church, I want you to take off all of your experiences, all the places you've been, all the things you've accomplished, all those things, and I, I, want you just, I just want you to stand here and I want to know that you're in in it. I want you to know that you're in the holy place, in the holy moment, before he ever tells. Is somebody with me this morning? Before you ever begin the journey, who am I? Who am I? Moses had to learn to, to, to take some things off so we could stand in the holiness of God. And it is those things, ladies and gentlemen, listen to me. You can still, listen, you can walk around on the presence of God, but until you remove yourself, you will never be walking in the presence of God. The ground did not become holy once he took the sandals off. The ground was holy. He needed to experience it. He needed to shove those things aside. Are you with me this morning? He shove to shove those things, those things aside. There's, there's some stuff you need to detox from you so that you can experience, experience him. Let, let, me try to, let me try to explain it this way. See, I think that most of us, if we're honest, now we might not see it this way, that most of us, if we're honest, we want to write the script to our own life, and we want God to bless it. If I'm gonna be honest, right? Like, what we, when, we really, when we really pray for the will of God, what we're doing is, God, I really want this. God, would you bless it? Right? I think there's so many times, rather than saying, God, what's the script for my life? Okay, I'm pushing me aside. Let's do it. We, we have this conversation with God, and, and we kind of script it out. Like, I want to be married to so-and-so, and I want this job, and I would like to live in beautiful San Diego. And God, if that's your will, could you just make, you know, right? We want to write the script. And we want God to bless it. Unfortunately, ladies and gentlemen, that's not, that's not the way. Hey, wait, wait, P- Pastor Caleb, can you come up here for a minute? Can I use you? Yeah, come on up here. I need someone that, that looks more like Jesus than I do. And I don't just mean that because of the beard. Pastor Caleb's awesome. He is. Come on right over here. Could you just give it up for Pastor Caleb, this guy? See? Go ahead and just, just sit right over here. Yeah, just sit right here. No, I'm not going to push you out of the If You make me. But so this, this is how, this is how, this is how most of us, this is how most of us live our, our life. We come to Jesus. Oh, Jesus. You're so awesome. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for making my life so good. I don't even know what to say. You're so awesome, and man, this church is pretty incredible, and man, I found a place of ministry, and man, this ministry, man, I'm pretty much excelling in this ministry, and man, I'm good at children's ministry. They should probably make me the children's pastor. Yeah, I'm, I'm good at this. Like, man, this is good. Jesus, this is good, right? I'm good, man. Going someplace, and oh, man, what's up with these people that work in the children's ministry? God, I loved overseeing the children's ministry, Jesus. But now these people, they're just, they don't listen. They don't show up. They accept I'm planning center, and they just don't even come. It's like, Jesus, I don't know what to do. Oh, there's a new wave of people coming. Look at all these people getting involved. Like, wow, like, I think I got this. I think I got this. This is good, Jesus. Yeah, look at these new people getting involved, doing some stuff. This is this is awesome. Oh man, my job isn't going very well. Man, matter of fact, I just got a pink slip. Come back, Jesus. I just <laughs> I just got a pink slip at work, and I don't, Jesus, I don't know what to do. I got to provide for my family, and Jesus, I don't know. I got, I feel like a failure. Yeah, it's a job interview what? I did really good in the job. I just got offered the job. Man, wow. Like, I think I got this. Man, it's the last job. They messed up. They didn't know who they had. This place, man, they they know. Man, you know, the only thing I can make this better is if I like, man, maybe if I had a girl, right? Come on, single people, right? Maybe if I I could find the right one and she could have beautiful brown hair and one green eye and one brown eye. And man, that would just—I mean, yeah—I mean, man, if I only hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, Jesus, wait, just no, wait, wait, wait. Let me just tell you what I want first, and then you can come sit back down, okay? I want her to be beautiful. I want her to be rich. I want her to have a brown eye and a green eye, and I want her to have brown hair, and, and I want her to love me no matter what I do, and I want her to like football too. All right, Jesus, could you just bring me Jesus? Could we give it up for Jesus? See, that might have sounded funny and looked funny, but if we're to be honest with ourselves, I believe that that right there is the way we we live a lot of our life. We say, Jesus, I want to be standing in the holy place. I want to be on the holy ground. I want to be in the, the holy moment. I want to I be there, but yet there is something separating you. And so rather than walking in the holiness of God, you are just walking around on the holiness of God because you're separated by you. Are you with me this morning? He says, hey, I want you to take, I want you to take that 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 thing off i want you to get rid of that thing i want you to remove that so you can be back in in the very place that that i i want to speak to you and i want to declare to you the things that i i have in in store for you but yet we are trying to script out our own life and write it out and say god would you come and bless this this is a really good plan this is a really good thing and he says moses I see that you've created a life for yourself. I see that you have a family, and I, I see that you have children, and I see that you have a job, and, and, and you're doing these things, but, but I want you to do something different. In order for you to do it, you've got to remove yourself out of the picture. The thing that I have for you, the thing that I have for you, if we want to detox from ourselves, we need to learn to remove and surrender who we are. We need to learn that it's not about us, ladies and gentlemen. It's all about, it's all about him. Isn't it funny that, that Moses could seemingly be happy, and here he is, and I'm not going to get to the other points because this one was so good. Seemingly happy doing his own thing. Building, building this life for himself. Building great content but missing the assignment that he was supposed to be living in. I'll, I'll never forget, just, just a couple weeks ago, maybe about a month ago, my wife and I made a switch in our schedule. And so our, our kids go to school three days a week, home for two. And so those two days, they're homeschooled. But we made a shift in our schedule so on Monday, dad gets to homeschool. Amen. And mom gave dad the, the, the good subjects, math, because she doesn't trust me with grammar. Come on, somebody. <laughs> now, I remember, like, my first day, like, we are, we are crushing it. Like, we are just, like, getting stuff done, man. Like, we're just mowing through the math and stuff, and, and it's just awesome. And then I'm like, hey, babe, like, is it, is, it, is it, like, realistic for her to be done at 11? Like, am I that good of a teacher? I was, like, proud of myself. And all of a sudden, she's like, well, what did you do? And I start listening up. She goes, oh, Ben, you were supposed to do this assignment. Hey, Faith, we're going to do some extra work today. I was so proud of what we accomplished. I was so happy with what we had done. And we worked really hard and we were really diligent only to find out that we were really diligent in the wrong assignment. How often times do we do that? How oftentimes do we do we do we spend our, our days working and working and working and we have the right family and we, we have a job and and man look at this this is great and then God shows up and says son I've got an assignment for you I need you to remove the sandals I need you to remove yourself and I need you to stand in this holy moment for what I have is not just for you but it's for a whole entire generation that are gonna see freedom in Jesus' mighty name. We've got to learn, to take the sandals off, to take the stuff off and stand in his presence and to stand in relationship with him. I'll be honest, with you, as a pastor, I'm the guiltiest of this. It's so easy for me to come in and look around and see the things that are going well and the things that aren't going well and to see that in this whole entire time through these beautiful songs that we're singing and even my hands raised to be thinking about all this stuff that has nothing to do with the holy moment but has everything to do with me. There's so many times when I'm standing right here worshiping that I hear the whisper of the Holy Spirit. Ben, take your sandals off. Remove yourself. when you begin to remove yourself and you begin to remove that stuff come on you'll begin to experience his presence and his power and you'll begin to advance and move into the incredible thing that god has for you thank you for joining us today for more information please visit our website at www.canvaschurchsd.com